Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If, and I'm joined in real life, in person, oh. by <laughs> Helen, my fellow co-founder. Hello everybody. Hello from across the table. I know, normally we're in different places, different rooms, we're recording these kind of remotely, being very squiggly in how we do things, but it's brilliant to be together. So before we go into today's topic, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has gone on and reviewed the podcast, whether it's on iTunes or however you listen. Firstly, those reviews make a real difference to us. It makes us feel like we're not just recording these in a room with no windows, which is what we're doing now, that people do actually listen and that it's useful. And if you do get time to review, it's really helpful for us as well because it means we can share them and keep making them. Um, have you got one you wanted to read out, yeah, Helen, that you particularly one. liked this the, week? The, the one that's titled Pure Gold in every episode, <laughs> Sarah, from Woft8, uh, or maybe W-O-F-T-8. Um, and they said, that this is hands down my most highly recommended podcast. And there's lots of other bits in there that's highly engaging, lively discussion. I'll, I'll leave you guys to read our reviews if you really want to. We really like reading them. Um, but it's just, yeah, Sarah and I were messaging each other last night because we actually hadn't looked at our reviews for a while. And it was just the nicest moment Um realising that people really value this stuff. So thank you very much for taking the time to do it. We hugely appreciate it. So on to today's topic. So we're going to talk about career pivots today. And um, I was actually reading an article in preparation for today around what a career pivot actually is. And my favourite definition was a career pivot is actually something that you proactively do. It's a choice that you make versus a career crisis, which is where something happens to you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of perspective on career pivots because sometimes I think career pivots maybe do feel more accidental or maybe you hadn't kind of planned to do a career pivot and I've definitely read stories about people going oh this career pivot happened and then it's the best thing that ever happened to me but I liked the idea of actually this is something you can plan and be quite considered and thoughtful about. Helen you obviously the expert on this having recently written an article for Marketing Week all about career pivoting is that how you sort of think about them or do you think sometimes they happen to you, sometimes you plan them? No, I think, I don't know how planned it is. I, I think it's intentional. It may not be planned. Mm. I feel like there is a moment that you say, I want to do something quite different to what I'm doing now. It might be working in a different kind of profession or it might be working in a different industry or a different country, but you've made an intentional change to the path that you're on. And yeah, I think that's kind of my, my thinking about it. And I think when we think about our podcast, we're obviously all about squiggly careers and we want to help people to develop the skills you need in a squiggly career. 
I think career pivots have probably never been more relevant than they are at the moment because there's going to be, and there are so many more opportunities to change, to do different things. And some of those pivots, I think, can be really dramatic, kind of 180 pivots. Yeah. But equally, I think sometimes it might be a 10... 20% pivot in my head at the moment I have to say I've got like a clock in my mind and I'm thinking oh you can pivot a bit or you can pivot a lot but a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today should hopefully really help you whether you're planning a small career pivot or actually a real kind of 180 change of direction and I think it's really exciting because if you think about career pivots as something that you can you are in control of it's an intentional thing that you do a change you make in your career I feel like actually it enables you to course correct a little bit. So let's say you start in a job and you're thinking, oh, this is not quite right. That's not a bad thing because you'll have learned something about what you do like, what you don't like. And then you can do a career pivot that might take you a bit closer to something else. And then you can do it again. So for me, it's just career pivots are almost like career corrections so that you can be kind of more happy, use more of your strengths and actually sometimes you don't know that stuff until you've done some jobs you don't know what you're good at you don't know where you thrive and what you enjoy and so just that idea that you can just keep doing tweaks like career pivots can they can be massive like Sarah said or they can just be kind of little tweaks that you make that make you more happy and mean you can use your skills more in your jobs so what we thought we'd do for today's podcast is we're both going to share a couple of our career pivots we've both done it a couple of times and just very briefly kind of outline what we've done and then we've tried to reflect on what has worked really well that's helped us through those pivots and maybe some things that we've learned by experience and got better with um, over time so maybe if I start with the two probably most significant ones that I've made and then Helen you can share yours so the first one that I made and actually it's interesting thinking about are they a choice or are they something that you're intentional about was when I moved from being in a marketing role to being head of corporate responsibility, which was not a marketing job, was a very different area. I hadn't got any knowledge in really at all. And actually that was partly forced upon me in that it was a big restructure as you often get within organisations and I definitely had to do something different. But the intentional bit for me was I made the choice to go into something that wasn't marketing. So I had the option available to me and I could have stayed within marketing and I actually decided to go quite far from marketing in, into a completely different area. So that's one that I've done. And then the second one that I've done relatively recently, six months ago, um, is I moved from working in a brand. So I've spent all of my career pretty much working in brands for people like Boots and Barclays and Sainsbury's most recently. And now I work for a marketing agency, a creative agency, who work for brands. So essentially, I've gone from being kind of a brand owner to being an agency where those brands are your clients. So people talk about, what is it, um, poacher turned gamekeeper, whereas I've done the analogy the opposite way around. So I've gone gamekeeper turned poacher. (laughs) If you could see Sarah's face now, she's like really thinking when she's talking, is is this the right analogy? Have I got that the right way around? (laughs) Well, people try to use that analogy in meetings when they're describing me, and I'm like, it's too confusing. (laughs) Let's just say I used to work in brands and now I work in an agency. So much easier. Um, And again, that's been, you know, quite a significant pivot. So same industry, marketing, but a very different kind of side of the industry. Um, I'm going to do a, a sneaky three pivots, Sarah. Sarah said I could do two, but I'm going to stick a third one in. Um, so the first pivot that I have done um, is from sales to marketing. So my career kind of post-grad scheme, which is where Sarah and I were working together in lovely boots, oh. um, was in sales. So I worked in sales for Britvic selling... Uh, Pepsi and 7up and then I went to Procter and Gamble and did sales there and I moved from sales into marketing which was actually quite tricky at the time because most people that marketing at my level had done marketing for a degree or something like that so it's a bit of a switch for me to do and I had to obviously learn new skill sets and learn just the language of marketing because I think it's got its own its own language so that was quite a big one that I did earlier in my career and then one that I've done a kind of a few pivots back and forth on is in marketing um 
typically people talk about B2B and B2C and, and B2C is business to customer. So this is like when I worked in Eon and we were marketing energy as a product to people who were buying it in their homes, that would be kind of to a customer. And in my career, I've also done business to business marketing. So that's like when I was in BP, I was marketing to big, big companies who are buying uh, lubricants, which doesn't sound like the most glamorous thing. It probably wasn't. But they, well, these are it like... It could be glamorous. It's, it depends how you sort of think about it. It, it, and it is. And it's a difference really between somebody who was spending, I don't know, £500 a year on energy and versus somebody who was spending millions and millions of pounds a year for a whole company with hundreds and hundreds of workers. And so it's a very different type of marketing that you do. And that was quite a big pivot for me. And the third sneaky one is my current pivot. So I am currently in the process of moving from my career in large, big corporate organisations. So as of today, I work for Microsoft over to go and work for Amazing If full time. It's very Yay. exciting. It was a massive pivot. You know, that's that's kind of going from 100,000 people in a company to two people in a company. So I mean, two, two great people. Two though. amazing people, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, that's quite a big career pivot for me. So it's something that we we continue to do. So we've been there and we've done it. And um, we're doing it. <laughs> and, and we are and we're still in the process of doing it. I was actually thinking as you're talking about um one of the most dramatic career pivots that I sort of learned about recently is I read um, This Is Going to Hurt, okay. which is Adam Kay's book. Have you read it? No. So he was a doctor in the NHS for... Oh, I've heard about it. Yes, yeah, yeah it looks amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So I think probably for like 15 years, so a doctor for a really yeah. long period of time, obviously dedicated a lot of time to all the training you have to do. It sounds so hard. And then has come out and he's obviously now an author, but also he's a comedian. Essentially, yeah. he's kind of gone into comedy. And I was like, that is a really dramatic career pivot. But actually, if you think about, um, he obviously with his job had a real sort of sense of humour. Yeah. There's actually still like a thread that I could see in terms of going, I get why he's got to where he is. But it is quite a dramatic one. I was like, that's a good example. Uh, so um, listeners, we're thinking about doing something around um, squiggly career stories. So we can capture lots of um, different people's squiggly career stories. Let us know if you think that's a good idea. But he would be brilliant for he that. He would. Oh, I wonder if he'd talk to us. If anyone knows him, <laughs> if you could let us let's know, know. that would be great. But back to today's topic on career pivots. So what we're going to do now is give you, I guess, some lessons learned, some things that have worked really well for us. So if you're thinking about a career pivot, I guess you can learn from our mistakes and from things we've done well. Um, so the first one that I had, which is, I think, my most significant one, having done a couple of these career pivots now, is knowing beforehand that your learning curve is going to be longer than if you are changing jobs into an area or an industry that you feel comfortable with. And I think the first time I made a kind of quite a significant career pivot from marketing to corporate responsibility, I didn't have that awareness and it felt really uncomfortable because essentially you're not even in your stretch zone. You're more often than not in your scary zone where you're not sure what's happening. You're almost unconsciously incompetent yeah and that is that is hard and being in that sort of territory for a period of time especially if you're not used to it if this is maybe your first career pivot feels really tough and I think you I remember with that job having a real moment where I just thought I'm failing this is this is a really bad decision I should have stuck to what I knew what I was good at I couldn't see the wood from the trees I couldn't see an end in sight and I remember getting really far down the process of thinking this is not right Almost to the point where I went, well, to the point where I went and had a conversation with my boss saying, are you sure? Are you sure you've made the right decision here? Because I don't feel like I'm adding the value that I was expecting. And so, and, and, you know, the end of that conversation was she was going, you're doing absolutely great. There's loads to learn, but you're doing brilliantly. And she was so nonchalant about it. And I was there like having a little mini breakdown in this meeting going, this is a disaster. 
And she was like, no, you know, you're doing absolutely fine. So I think just knowing what that learning curve will look like, it means that you can, I think, give yourself a bit more of a break. But talking about that um, kind of model around consciousness, you can be consciously incompetent. And I think that feels so much better than being unconsciously incompetent, if Mm. that makes sense. And you can um, Google that. That's a kind of model around like, knowledge and then getting on to being you know consciously competent is obviously way better i'll put the the link to the model in the show notes it's a but it's a really good useful model in terms of knowing where you are around your competence and if you know you're in that point going i know i don't know what i don't know Mm -hmm. and that's how how i felt for a lot of the last six months certainly now working in an agency and in a smaller seven-year-old business versus a 150 year old sainsbury's going okay i get why i'm finding this hard I get why I'm finding this tough. It doesn't mean that you don't still find it tough. I've definitely, as Helen will have, you know, <laughs> will know very well, I've definitely had really tough moments and quite a few wobbles. But I've been way more aware this time round about That's why okay. that might be. Yeah. yeah, and it's just part of it. So that'd be my first. That'd be my first tip. Uh, it's okay to not be brilliant straight away. <laughs> <laughs> just say that over and over. Yeah. Uh, so my first tip is about your strengths and that actually, whilst you might not know. You might not know a lot about that business, the culture, the industry, whatever kind of the pivot is uh, is causing for you in terms of a kind of not having that knowledge. What you will have that's transferable is the things that you are good at. And if you are really confident in what you are good at, that is a huge, um, it's almost like a salve, I think, when you're in, in that moment, you're like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about, or I don't know how to get work done here. I don't know who to speak to. At least you can think, but you know what? I'm really good at planning or I'm actually really good at bringing teams together. That always really helps me. Like when I went from um, Virgin, for example, into the technology industry, that was actually quite another pivot for me. I didn't know anything about that industry. But what I did know and what I had confidence in was, do you know what? I'm really good at leading teams and I'm really good at coping with really ambiguous situations and and putting clarity around them. And for almost three months, while I knew nothing about the business, I could just have some confidence in that and hold hold that as the thing that I was kind of my like I guess my anchor in that moment so spend some time if you're doing this career pivot um, it's also quite helpful to you in articulating you might have to convince other people of this career pivot if you're going from one industry to another actually you being able to articulate what you're good at will be helpful in in sort of landing the career pivot as well but when you're in it it's really useful so I definitely spend some time writing down three or four things that you think you are distinctly good at and that can almost be like a little mantra that you can reflect on in those moments of uncertainty where you might be doubting yourself yeah, and actually, that's what I was going to say about strengths. The thing that I did the second time, actually both times, really well with my career pivots, I was very clear about what I had to offer. Mm-hmm. So I did feel like going into both of those roles, we'd done a bit of a marrying exercise to sort of say, we get that this is a different, you know, I'm, I'm a different choice to the kind of maybe an obvious person who's got lots of experience in this area, but they almost wanted the difference. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where you need to make sure you're not apologising for the fact that you don't have maybe some of the more traditional experience that some people might have and just be really clear about, okay, well, I don't have that, but this is what I do have. If you think that will be valuable, then I'll be a really good you know, asset to the team, to your company. If that's not what you need, that's a good time to find out. You don't want to find that out six months after you've started or to try and kind of bluff your way around some of those things and then sort of hope, hope for the best because yeah. actually... I think then you just find that you end up in a role where you're not getting to use the things that you're brilliant at and then you'll never enjoy it as much. So what's your second? Uh, My second one is to find some people who maybe have made the same career pivot that you've done or even maybe done 
the kind of the opposite pivot, if that makes sense. So if you're going from like, like for me, if I was going kind of brand to agency, finding someone who's done that is really helpful or finding somebody who's gone um, agency to brand is probably also useful. But just having almost like a couple of interim mentors mm. um, during particularly, I think, the first six to nine months for a career pivot and maybe actually in the preceding couple of months as you're trying to make the pivot, they can be particularly helpful during that time. I absolutely did not do this in my first pivot. I'm naturally introverted. And then when it was quite tough in my first pivot, I became even more introverted. And actually now when I think back, I was trying to think about a single person I spoke to who'd moved from marketing to corporate responsibility, of which it would be that hard to find. Quite a few people would do that because it's quite an interesting area to work in. I didn't speak to a single person about it, which... You know, and I knew the stuff that we're talking about then when I made yeah. this move and I didn't and all I did was the more I struggled the less I spoke to people um so that's the opposite of you know being smart and asking for help and all that kind of stuff and then this time around certainly when I've moved to work for Gravity Road who are the agency I work for now I've really sought out those people there are actually not that many people who've done the kind of client to agency thing and so I have found a couple of people who've done it the other way around as well and they've been incredibly insightful and actually been been there when I've really needed them. Mm. When I've had the biggest wobbles, there's been a couple of people who absolutely have made time for me, who've straight away understood my context. And yeah. that's why it's been so valuable because not they actually don't even know me that well. And it, it hasn't mattered because as soon as I've described something that I'm finding hard, they'll be like, yep, yeah, I get that. They've seen it five times before. They know the strategies they've used that have worked really well and that have not worked. And you just go away, A, feeling better because... A problem shared as a problem yeah. halved, etc. But also with some quite practical ideas of going, okay, well, I can try some of these things, or perhaps that's why I'm not being as successful finding my way through this problem as I could be. Yeah, and it's not just me. That's all. Yeah. Okay, you had this too. Okay, this is not me who's failing in this situation. Mine, um, my second tip is actually kind of a build on that, and it's something that I wrote about in the article, which is about who to pivot with. So you yeah. have talked about actually pivot with some people that have done it before. And when I say this, I don't mean you all go and do, do work. You're all like one, one team. Um, no, actually, on that, I was... Um, I was Some interesting research that I was listening to this week was on Adam Grant's podcast was about actually when uh to you should promote entire teams so rather than an individual in a team it was a concept of to for a business to be successful actually promote the entire team into a new function but it was kind of that is interesting interesting concept uh but difficult to uh, implement i think but anyway the point my point was this isn't about everybody doing the career pivot with you in the job but it's about thinking about your um your kind of network system that's going with you so sarah talked about one person that you might want to have in your immediate network when you're making that career pivot is someone who's done the same pivot or something very similar also think about people that are in your current your current role or your current industry they don't become irrelevant the moment that you move into a new sector or a new profession so when I move from Virgin to Microsoft all the people that are in my network in Virgin don't suddenly become irrelevant because they know nothing about technology I might just want to think about who are the most important people for me to have at this moment so I need somebody who can maybe coach me I need someone who's a mentor I need somebody else who's worked in technology and just think about what's the little surrounding support system you need because you are probably going to feel a bit exposed and you are probably going to feel a bit vulnerable and if you are going to have three or four people who are surrounding you sort of outside of that immediate what you're doing every day just make sure you spend some time thinking about who they are who you're going to pivot with essentially. Oh, so just thinking about that practically, we should make sure that you've got two or three people who've moved from being in really big corporations into doing their own thing. Yeah. 
Have, yeah. we, have we already done it? I'm, I'm, I've already got a little She's already, she's already on it. She's just giving me the look of like, don't doubt I'm me. I've already done it. this. So Helen's obviously already done that because she, she's just that good. Um, but I think as well, um, being really specific when you talk to those people about what is the help that you're looking for. Yeah. Because then people can get to the root causes of how they can help you really quickly, which is efficient. And I think people want to help. So you need to tell them what you need help with. Absolutely. My next tip is about when you've made that pivot and when you're sort of starting in that role or potentially even as you're exploring the pivot with maybe the company or person you're going to work for, think about what quick wins you could identify that you could bring to that role and to that business um, and be able to talk about those and write them down. And again, make sure you're agreeing those together. And in that kind of vein, make sure you're talking about what your objectives are within your role, particularly what are your objectives for the first six months because it, it kind of goes back a little bit to the point around you've got to give yourself time to immerse yourself when you're making a pivot. If you suddenly think within the first six months you're going to deliver seven projects or be, be able to do absolutely everything in all of the different areas that you're looking at, it's probably unrealistic. But if together you've agreed, okay, so one of my objectives is actually to immerse myself in this industry or in this role okay and how am I going to do that these are the things that I'm going to do and actually you've agreed that that is an objective for the time Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen by accident I think I remember Helen was it when you were joining either Microsoft or certainly somewhere where someone said to you I just want you to spend time learning oh yeah it's amazing when I started at Microsoft my the manager that brought me into the company uh he basically said it's going to take you 12 months to get up to speed here and I was like oh I don't know about that I think I want to be ready and perfect in three months and he was like no no it's gonna take you 12 months and it definitely did and I'm not sure <laughs> yeah I probably got still got quite a lot to go there but the what it what it was just really liberating to hit that somebody else other than me gave me the space and the permission to learn yeah and I think just having that dedicating that time and making sure that you're having that open conversation about that needs to be one of my objectives is just getting to know this because yeah. actually I've pivoted I've pivoted and therefore that takes that means I've got to do some extra things that maybe somebody else might not need to do but also I'm such a big advocate having done it in both a really big company and now in a really small company spending a lot of time on objectives I am I'm I've suddenly become the biggest advocate for objectives I think they are so useful for individuals for teams for leaders you know at every level to make sure that people are spending their time on the right areas that are going to add value and the things that where they are going to add them add the most value in terms of their skill set is really critical and never probably more important than when you're doing a career pivot because it would be really easy I think to sort of spread yourself too thin be trying to do too much at once Mm. and then you don't want to have that feeling and I think we probably all had it at some point where you look back on the last six months and you think what did I actually do that's awful it's like and I've definitely had that before where you sort of feel like you've been phenomenally busy yeah you've worked super hard and then you're like okay so I've actually I've actually done what I was hoping I was going to do yeah and I have now such clear objectives written down in my current job that I I honestly almost have the document open all of the time. Yeah. And it would just remind me to make sure I'm spending my time in the right places because am I making progress versus those objectives the whole time? I love Microsoft it. Microsoft have a really nice way that I find quite helpful prompt in those moments when I'm like, what have I actually done? So that the way that we look at performance in Microsoft is you reflect on your individual accomplishments. So that's the, what have I actually done moments? And then how you've helped other people to be successful. Oh, nice. That's quite a nice frame. And you can think, so I would then be thinking about, okay, how have I helped my team? How have I helped other people in the business? And the last one is, how you've basically built on somebody else's successes so the idea being that you don't always have to start from scratch but that you can um, take someone else's work and you can build and develop on it and it's just 
Um, I actually really like it culturally because I think it stops people just being kind of single-minded about just doing things so that they're great. But um, it also just prompts a different reflection on what you've achieved. So if that helps you, maybe that's a way of thinking about it as well. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So I've got one more, but have you got, have you got one more? Yeah, I have got one more. My, my last one is around your profile. So I think it can be really useful to invest in your external profile when you're making these career pivots because some people might be thinking, and hopefully they won't, but some people might be thinking, who is this person? Where have they come from? They don't know anything about marketing or whatever it is you're going into. Um, and I think it's useful to have an external profile that can um, kind of demonstrate your credibility or your your opinions or so make sure basically like your LinkedIn profile is up to date with what you're passionate about and your strengths that we talked about make sure that comes through have a think about if you've got a distinctive thing that you believe in so for example for me you know career development flexible working creating organizations that are fit for the future I will write about that everybody can write on a post in LinkedIn for example you don't you don't have to have a column in a magazine to be able to do this anybody can write a post on LinkedIn where you can express your thoughts on something and it's just it's just a really useful investment in your external profile that can really help when people are like oh who is this person they are probably going to search for you online it's kind of like the dumb thing and it is and um, it's just useful if when you're going and if you're if you're saying so for me for example if I'm going into technology and saying I've not worked in technology before but I bring x y and z to this role and this is what I'm hoping to achieve it's useful if someone then looks me up that they can see that consistently in the, in the places that I might be online so just have a look at your Twitter profile, maybe write a post about the things that you stand for and, and wh- whatever it is you believe in or what you're bringing, why you're making the move, for example. It's just a quite helpful thing to do. So I have um, one last one, but kind of split into two parts. The first part is before you've made the pivot and then the second part is once you've made the pivot. I think if you're thinking about making a career pivot, don't feel like you've got to almost wait till the moment of like applying for a job before making the pivot. Try and, almost to Helen's point around external profile, 
think about what you could do to explore and experiment with that pivot prior to making the jump. So is that about uh, going to events or talking to people or just reading up on the subject? Because I do remember um, exploring a few pivots in the past where I explored them prior to kind of making the pivot and definitely decided I didn't want to do it. (laughs) Um, And that's a really good thing. That's a really valid thing to do. So I remember thinking I really wanted to pivot into a certain type of marketing. And then once I realized the actual ins and outs of what that part of marketing involved, I, I actually really appreciate it. I wouldn't be very well suited to it. But from afar, I thought, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do that thing. Yeah. That, that looks amazing. And I was sort of thinking about pivoting more in that direction. And actually just by starting to read up on some stuff and it was just like and chatting to some people and just trying to almost like invite myself along to maybe some slightly random things, but where you can go and contribute what you currently do, think about what you can give in those situations. I got more and more exposed to it mm. and then actually thought, okay, well, that's interesting. I definitely am more well-informed about that now, but it's not, but it's not what I want to do. We often talk about um, career possibilities so that actually explore lots of different possibilities and on our, on our courses, we kind of prompt people about what those possibilities might be. But I think that's the difference between a possibility and a pivot, isn't it? Like you mm, might go yeah, and explore, you explore those possibilities and think that's not right, but one of them you might explore and you're like, brilliant, and that then becomes the pivot. So there's a, there's a difference between spending time exploring a possibility and then ultimately deciding to do something which becomes a pivot. And then my last thing is once you get into your new role when you've pivoted, I think sometimes you place a lot of pressure on yourself to be enjoying and loving every moment of it because often you've put a lot of energy yeah. into wow, this is a big move for me, <laughs> yeah. um, something I've really wanted to do and I've made happen. But it's really hard. As we t- talked about, there's a lot to learn. There's a steeper learning curve than in lots of other moves. And the best piece of advice I've recently been given on this was by one of my kind of friends who'd, who'd been in lots of different sorts of businesses. And he said to me, all you need to do is sort of have two columns that you either write down or you have in your head. One is steps forward and one is steps back. And as long as the steps forward equal more than the steps back, you're doing absolutely fine. Oh my gosh, that is going to be my squiggly career tip tomorrow on Instagram. I'm going to do that. I love that. I was just like, he just said that to me and we were sitting having a coffee and I just remember thinking, actually, ultimately, as long as the end, almost like the end of every day, at the end of every week, at the end of every month, as long as you're, you know, making a positive contribution, you're adding value, you're having impact... Okay, there are going to be the occasional steps back, but as long as one comes better than the other, then you know you're sort of doing fine. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to do so that straight after this podcast. Yeah, that's a very. Are we allowed to name check him, or does he want to remain anonymous? Oh, I don't think it's uh, it's Tom Hampson, my friend, uh-huh. um, who's just gone to be marketing director at Mamas and Papas. So he's got he's got a new job uh, there. So Thank he's you, done Tom, another little wisdom. career pivot. He is he is very he's very wise. Is Tom? He sort of sits back with his legs crossed and sort of looks at you and then <laughs> delivers his wisdom. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Tom. And uh, it was it was just one small comment he made to me. And you know, some things just really stick with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I think I love it when that you can have like an hour conversation and you're just like you take that nugget away and it sticks with you forever. <laughs> that advice. So should we talk about the resources that we've got that we're going to share this week? Yes, uh, I'll do a bit of self promo for my own. Go for it. But then. Um, um, there is the article that I wrote on Marketing Week, which I will link to because I can't quite remember the title, but it's all around queer pivots, um, <laughs> basically. Uh, and it talks about the when to pivot, how to pivot, the people to pivot with. So it's, it's a build on what we've talked about. There might be a few different um, perspectives in there. And there's a few data points as well about, I think it's 60% of us are looking 
to do a career pivot um, or interested in doing one. So, you know, every other person listening to this podcast is probably interested in doing one. There you go. Um, and I found a couple of articles that we'll also post, one from that I particularly liked from Stanford University um, over in the US, which was all about kind of specific strategies for actually how you make the career pivot. So some uh, similar sort of points to the ones we made today and, and some other ones. So I like the fact that one's quite practical. And then another one about if you wanted to pivot quite early on in your career. So if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, but I'm not very well established in what I want to do, but I am thinking about a pivot, it'll be particularly relevant to you. And then the last thing, which I was looking at again this morning, is something called Unstuck. They've developed a free app that you can get on your phone, and you can also just go on their website. And what I really like about it is it's very practical in terms of you sort of self-identify almost what's what's getting you stuck in terms of your mindset or your mentality. And then they give you very specific advice in terms of how you go from that feeling of thinking, you know, maybe that you want to do this career pivot, but maybe you're just not sure where to start or you don't know who to talk to or there's there's something that's getting in your way and you can almost like click through to the bit that you feel is relevant for you read the description and then it'll be like right start with this or think about this and you can get like daily tips so it's just it's not specific to career pivots it's just about being unstuck generally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think often that almost that paralysis of thinking you want to do something different but not being sure where to start is something that a lot of us would recognize and it's just a good way to start prompting action and that one action leads to another etc it's really good and i will now be posting all of our links on the website so you can find out on amazingif.com so if you want um i appreciate some people might be running while they're listening to this in the car Uh, who knows where else people listen to our podcast but you might not have a pen and paper so if you head over to amazingif.com um and you'll be able to find under our podcasts you'll be able to find the links to this week's show Um, and also I'll put that link to where you can find everything on Twitter on LinkedIn on Instagram wherever you might follow us in those places uh, so what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are going to Do talk you want me to about... Tell you? No, no, I'm looking at Sarah again. No, I remember, I remember. We're going to be talking about um, the how many hours should you work a week, which is really interesting. So it's sparked by um, the Elon Musk kind of press coverage about his announcement that he works 120 hours a week. And then did you see um, Ariana Huffington's reply to it? No. Oh, so it's like one of those songs. Do you remember those songs where there's like oh, a, yeah, a boy yeah. singing about something yeah. and a girl singing about something? It's like that. I so, bet she's very old. Yeah, that, so Ariana she? Huffington has a big thing around sleep and pace because she had this point in her career where she actually collapsed through overwork we'll talk about this a lot more but we're going to give you our opinions on how many hours you should work a week what works for us what doesn't work for us maybe some reflections of where we got it wrong in our career maybe yeah, with some i can think things. of a very recent one i can think of one in <laughs> december a while ago a couple of years ago where i fainted which wasn't which wasn't a highlight um there were some illnesses involved in that and a few too many um uh, uh lemsips i think <laughs> but i you was, also, on I was lemsip. also over overworking at the time so we'll give some of those reflections so yeah that's next week's podcast on how many hours a week should you work And in the meantime, as always, if you've got ideas for other podcast episodes, please do email us at gettintouchatamazingif.com or just comment on Instagram or send us a message on LinkedIn. Uh, We love to hear from people generally, but if there are things that you'd like us to discuss, we're really up for suggestions. And please do follow us on Instagram. Just search for Amazing If and people yeah. can find us. And I do a daily... And Helen does her amazing daily career tip. Um, Which I will rope Sarah into at yeah. some point. Maybe when I go on holiday. That I but just, I'm on holiday the same week. Uh, okay, maybe not that week. I'll keep doing them, it's fine. <laughs> but those daily career tips uh, are super popular and they're really good, very short, bite-sized ways of just getting a bit of... Um, career job inspiration into your daily daily life yeah they're generally up by about nine o'clock 
It's very efficient, Helen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Thanks very much for listening. Bye, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.